So I have my parents coming in town in two weeks. And anytime I have someone come into town, it's hard for me to narrow down what do I want to show them in Austin. Do you all have this, you're like, okay, what, can I, what are like the, the must-dos? So for if, you're, if you've got sporty types, um, you might take them to experience a Friday Night Lights game, see what Texas Friday Night High School football is like. Um, maybe if you're folks that like to go really active, you're like, let's go do Mount Bonnell a couple times up and down. Maybe they want to get a hike in. Of course, you, you want to take them to your favorite Tex-Mex place because yours is better than what everybody else says is the best. And, and could you narrow it down? Like, what would, if you could only choose one thing to say this is what Austin is like? And as I was reflecting on the Apostles' Creed, if you were sitting down with one person and you were like, you could only choose one part of the creed, one line of the creed to say, this is what I believe, which one would you choose? Would it be what we've talked about up until now? We've talked about our belief in God. We've talked about our belief in Jesus our belief in the spirit last week. We talked about our belief in the church and the communion of saints. Well, I am uh, in, in line with, with uh, many people throughout the ages who have said that what we are gonna study today is the most important line for our faith. And it's when we say, I believe in the forgiveness of sins. To help us with that, we are going to actually look at how Jesus taught his disciples to pray, and, and he has a section of his prayer about asking for forgiveness and receiving for forgiveness. Before we look to that scripture, will you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, we thank you for this amazing day of celebration and all that it holds. We thank you for the ways that you have already been so at work this day with children learning downstairs, with students growing in confirmation, with leaders serving as teachers, with a band and a choir that have begun to, to prepare for all of this today and your spirit all the while just waiting, waiting for us as your people to come to beckon unto you. And so, so spirit, we beckon. We, we ask that you would come in a real and powerful way and that it would give us courage, that it would give us hope in this crazy world that it would give us grace for ourselves and for others. We pray this in Christ's name, amen. So the scripture reads, this is from the Gospel of Luke, Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And so Jesus said to them, when you pray, say, Father, may your name be revered as holy May your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves, ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us, and do not bring us to the time of trial. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It's a short statement. It's just seven words that we say, I believe in the forgiveness of sins. And yet, when we say that, we are actually saying so many things about our belief in who God is 
and our belief in who humans are. The first thing that we are saying is that we believe that this idea of sin, that it's not just something that we toss off to the side. We believe as followers of Jesus that sin is real and that everyone sins and that all people are sinners. But I wanna make sure we all are on the same page about what sin means. Sin is, is that which separates us from God. It is all of the many ways that we miss the mark in being obedient and giving glory and honor. So I want you to consider this hanger before you. This hanger is kind of how you are, you and I are at the beginning of each day. We know that scripture tells us that God's mercies are new every morning, every single day, all of us start with a clean slate. We know that as far as the east is from the west, God takes our sins, he scatters them, and he remembers them no more. So every single morning, it is like this. But if you're anything like me this morning, you woke up, you went in and you let out your dogs, and and then you came back in, you got your cup of coffee, and then you remembered you served a God. And then as I sat down to go back over my sermon for this day, I sat there, and, and I'm remembering, I'm preparing for worship, I am trying to stay focused, I start to think about the jealousy that I have that some people don't have to get up early on Sunday morning. (laughs) And and at this point, y'all, I mean, let's just, I'm going to admit it, I was the center of my universe. And then some of you, maybe, you know, like your next thing that you do is you begin to scroll through social media or you turn on the news. Neither of those things are sin whatsoever. I mean, well, maybe if you told me what you were watching, I might say. But then as you're watching or you're scrolling, you become envious. You become hopeless. You see the state of our world. You see the state of the Ukraine. You see what's going on in Florida, and you are angry, and you are vengeful, and, you, and before you know it, like, it's only been 45 minutes. <laughs> this, is, this is brokenness, and this is all of us, y'all. There's absolutely nothing that you or I can do to make this hanger fresh and new. Have you ever tried to unbend a hanger and get it back? You know, it's impossible. It literally won't ever go back. The only way, because there's still these bows and there's still this not perfect hanger. The truth is that in that state, that kind of kinked state, life feels broken. It feels not fitting. Life doesn't look or feel right, but We believe in the forgiveness of sins. We are also saying this. We sin. We're separated from God. We can't do anything to right this. So we need something to help us not be so crimped and kinked and out of place. Something that will help us not be separated from God. Because we don't believe that just anything forgives our sins. We don't believe that our friends forgive our sins. We don't believe that that our pastor forgives our sins. No, we need a way for these sins to truly be forgiven. 
So the New Testament word for forgive is the same word that is used all throughout the New Testament for letting go, for releasing, for leaving behind. So you all know that, that amazing story in scripture where Jesus is walking along the Sea of Galilee and he sees the brothers fishing and he says, come, follow me. And the scripture reads, immediately they left and they left their, leaving their nets behind, they followed him. Leaving their nets behind, leaving behind is the same word that's used to, for forgiveness. This is a word that all of us need to hear today, friends. When we say, I believe in the forgiveness of sins, it, we, it means we believe that this forgiveness that is only given by God allows us to leave behind, to be released from the shackles and the weight and the burden and the guilt, all of those things that sin does in our life and Jesus says, you cannot do this for yourself. This leaving behind, this forgiveness of sins is only something that I do. None of us can work harder or smarter to write our hanger back to the exact way that we want it. Forgiveness of sins is something that only God does. No human can bring about restoring us into relationship with God. No human, only Jesus. Jesus was condemned and judged on our behalf so that each of us is given a second chance, is given a third chance, and on and on and on. Because of Jesus, each of us, every morning, gets to wake up brand new again. Every morning, every time. Because of Jesus, this is the only way we are ever restored back to this perfect state. And it's not because of anything that you or I did. Forgiveness of sins is something that humans get freely from God. I wanna make sure you hear this. You don't have to do certain things to be forgiven. You don't have to pray the perfect prayer or confess your sin in the perfect way or to a certain person. When Christ was on the cross, it was for all of humanity, past, present, and future. He didn't make like an A-list and a B-list on the cross. And only those that were in the A-list get forgiveness. No, we know that the cross was for all of humanity, and yet, why do we as faithful followers of Christ, why do we still sometimes live as if we weren't forgiven? Why do we live as if we're still bent out of shape or like things in our life are not fitting? And I think it's just because the simple fact we need to realize as humans, we are not perfect. We will miss the mark. And that's why I think Jesus told the disciples as part of his daily prayer that we just read, when he asks, the disciples ask him, how should we pray? He gives them this model for daily prayer and part of that daily prayer is you need to ask for forgiveness because Jesus knows every single day, all of us are going to need a daily release, a leaving behind, a reset, a letting go of this weight and this burden of all of the things that we do wrong. And so he tells us, ask for forgiveness. Let me take the burden of your wrongdoing off of you. 
Not just back on the cross, but I mean every day. Let me take it off of you. Be set free from that wrongdoing. And we could stop there. I mean, that's a, that's a really powerful message. But Jesus didn't stop there. Jesus said, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. So Jesus flips it. It's not just about understanding the forgiveness that has happened to us, but what we are supposed to do for others. And looking at this Calvin and Hobbes, this is so how we are. I feel bad that I called Susie names and hurt her feelings. I'm sorry I did it. Maybe you should apologize to her. I keep hoping there's a less obvious solution. It's so hard to give forgiveness, even though we know how much we have been forgiven. The truth is that everyone is their own bent-up hanger. And sin, whether ours or those around us, it impacts, most of all, it impacts relationships. And other people's sin, it gets in the way in our relationships. Other people's sin that wrongs us and that hurts us, it makes us feel separated from them. And so we hold that pain. We hold that wrongdoing and that harm in our hearts because sometimes it feels safe to at least hold it there. I once heard that when we do not forgive another person, it's like we have a chokehold on them and we are holding tight all that they have done wrong and yet that person has no clue. It's only exhausting the person who's holding it. We curse them in our minds. We tell other people about them and get them to curse and they join in and pretty soon there's all these hands on this person who has absolutely no clue. And we store up bitterness and hate. And all the while that person is just living their life to say that we believe in the forgiveness of sins is to say we believe Jesus releases us not just from our own sins, but oh, from the burden that other people's sins can have upon our lives that weighs us down, that impacts the way we wanna communicate, the way we wanna love, the way we wanna keep love and communication. One of my friends has experienced, one, many of my friends, but one specifically of my friends has experienced the burden of sin, both his own and of others in deep and awful and troubling ways that I would never wish. I have witnessed him be wronged and not wronged back. I have witnessed him recklessly love and not be loved back. I have seen him accept that things will not go as one plans in relationships, in family, in work, with finances, with our loved ones, even when one has the most faithful intentions. And I have seen him also be radiantly surprised as how God exceeds our tiny human expectations of how life should go. And then what really blows me away is that this friend of mine, through all of life's ups and downs, has never tired of telling about the forgiveness of God, about how the love and forgiveness of Jesus, that is one thing that will not disappoint. 
I have witnessed him sit with the broken, connect with the lonely, serve the outsider, attempt, eagerly attempt to dance with hundreds of teenagers and shout from the top of his lungs, I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. Amazing love, how can it be that you, my king, would die for me? This friend is gonna be installed as your pastor today. We are a better, stronger church and community and city because Stephen Finkel is a man who embodies what it means to be forgiven. And he serves alongside us. So I'm gonna invite the band to come up as the band is coming up. I wanna invite all of us to take time right now and I want us to ask for forgiveness for our sins. We believe it. But then I want us to leave them behind with Jesus. Leave them behind like the disciples leaving their nets. Release our grip from those that we need to forgive. And experience our belief in the forgiveness of sins. May it be so in my life and in yours. Amen.